The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. What if I told you the earth created a substance that could help ease anxiety, depression, and PTSD while making you happier, more creative, and more focused? The good news is it does. The bad news that the story is complicated, politicized, and incredibly personal. In today's episode, we talk about microdosing, illicit drugs, and one man's journey from 25 years at CNN to a leading advocate for the movement. That man is Cesar Marin, and this is his story. All that and more today on the Marketing Mad Men podcast. They say marketing is a madman's game. So now we turn it over to the Marketing Madman with Nick Constantino and Trip Joe. Hello, and welcome to the Marketing Mad Men podcast. We got a special edition today. You got Nick Constantino here with Caesar Marin, and um, we have an interesting topic today. Let's uh, let's let's get right into it. So today we are talking about psychedelics and microdosing. And before anyone makes any crazy thoughts or gestures, just know that this is a huge topic right now in many different circles, academic, um, medicine. A lot of people are talking about this for a lot of different reasons. So let's talk with what I see first, and this is the Harvard Medicine is talking about this, and there's it's long term studies about how this affects mood and depression and a lot of the issues that we have been afraid to talk about as a civilization for a long time. Um, you know, one of the things I see so often, we talk about taking sick days, taking health days, making sure your body, we never talk about the mind. Um, and since I've been managing people, having to have the empathy towards other humans and know when they're having a bad day and when anxiety and, and depression, and honestly, uh, Caesar, I think you'll agree with me, we're in a bad state as a country. We're in a bad state. We've worked people to the bone. They don't process things mentally the same way. Everything's sensory overload. Everyone's trying to sell you something. Um, so I think any place you can find to heal, and even if there's a glimmer of hope, it should be something that's looked at and evaluated. You're absolutely correct, Nick. First of all, thank you for inviting me to your podcast. Uh, it's amazing that 300 million people worldwide suffer from mental health crisis. Uh, and it's something that sort of plagues our country on a daily basis. And like you said, it's not talked about. You, you, you talk about, you know, getting sick from the flu, from any other disease that's out there. But we really don't talk about the mental health issue that is gripping the whole country. Right. Um, and I'm, I'm a big believer that some of this comes from the human brain living that default mode network where we're always living in the past. We're living in the future. We seldom have time to sort of live in that presence and that's where a lot of this starts that's where a lot of that mental anguish starts and the way the economy is the way the divisiveness of the country that exists that is particularly a part of the brain that we're always living in we're always living in that past we're living in the future and like you said there's been studies that have showed that psychedelic medicine has helped people with exactly this with depression with anxiety with ptsd um, you know, a lot of people are managing their mental health with alcoholism or right. with other types of right. drugs. And, and it's important to state, this is the difference here. We are not talking about going and taking psychedelics and wandering around town. Uh, we're, we're talking about conceptually microdosing. We're talking about putting a baseline in your body that is 10 to 20 times below what the psychedelic limits are to help you just feel better. And, and you know, you take alcoholism. That's the thing. Nobody who's coping with depression has one drink. 
right? Because right. having a glass of wine, right. they, they always say this, right? They're like, hey, one glass of wine won't hurt you. Correct. How many people really drink one glass of wine? You're doing those things because they alter your brain and your chemical to make you numb you to the pain. That's not what we're talking about here. We are talking about microdosing. Correct, correct. And for those of you who do not know, microdosing is the practice of using a very small, small amount of a psychedelic substance, a psychedelic medicine, whether it's psilocybin, which is mushrooms, or LSD, or ayahuasca, or DMT. There's several different plant medicines or psychedelic medicines that people are using to microdose. And the idea is to use a very small, small amount of these substances on a protocol basis. So you have a basis where you have a protocol that's four to six weeks. So you're on a protocol. The protocol that I personally use is called the Fatiman Protocol, which calls for one day on, two days off. So you take a very small amount on one day. Then you have two days off, which are a transition day and integration day. In any type of psychedelic practice, that integration is probably more important than the dosage itself because it helps you to sort of figure out what the medicine is showing you, what you're sort of feeling, what you're sensing. That's the looking inward. That's a, that that's a looking inward phase. Correct. And that also, because one of the problems I understand is, is that if you microdose the same amount every day, your body naturally needs more. So giving those two-day rest and that day for introspection probably alleviates some of those concerns because that's one of the first things this article talks about in Harvard, Harvard Journal. Correct. That is, that, it's, it's incredibly important. That, that sort of... Integration is the most important part of this. No, and again, you don't want to be microdosing. Again, is is using psychedelics in a responsible manner, right? On a protocol basis, as I said, where the body has a chance to adapt to what the medicine is doing inside of you. I'm a big believer that also intentions. Intentions are important. Intentions of why you're taking the medicine. Sure. It's not just let me grab a, you know, handful or some some mushrooms and sure. and, and and eat them and see what happens. No. I think if you have intentions, if whether your intentions are, I want to be a better person, I want to finish this project, I want to be more creative, I want to be more aware, I want to be more awakened to what I'm living, then you give the medicine a roadmap to where you want it to go. Then you move into that integration where it's sort of what was it that I felt while the medicine was inside of me sure. and how I can deal with that. In my case, when I started to microdose, I was battling an addiction myself. And wow. one of the intentions for the microdosing was to battle that addiction. I had sort of done a lot of research uh, before I started to microdose, sort of became an expert in microdosing before starting, and had read that with intentions it was helping people cope and overcome addictions. Yeah. So that was my main purpose, the first start to microdose. And it did. In the first day, that dosage day, because I was more in tune with what was going on in myself and I had those intentions, the feeling was, okay, well... I don't need that now. Why I'm right. better than that substance that I was addicted right. to. Let me move forward. The next day, it was more of a, well, I didn't need that yesterday. Why would I need it today? And by that third day, that integration day, it was almost a sense of like, why was I doing this before? Why was I letting that control my life and not myself? That had to be an incredibly powerful life. feeling. Uh, an odd one to have something that people look at as a negative be such a positive. But one of the things in, in its, let's, let's, let's talk about the outfit in the room. So one of the concerns always in these situations is you seem to be very self-aware. What you've right. admitted to and what you've acknowledged has a sense of self-awareness. Right. I don't think most people are self-aware and are introspective enough to understand their flaws and deficiencies. That that might be one of the stigmas across with this is that if you are not self-aware to know you have flaws and that you had need to look inward, then what you're probably going to do is start taking a little bit and then take more and take more and then have that become the problem. So how do you talk to people who who might not have the self-awareness you do about how this can benefit them? 
I think that's first of all, that's that's incredibly important. That self awareness is a must. In other words, you can't go into a practice not knowing what it is that you want out of this, right? That self awareness, that first saying, realizing I have I have an issue. I have an yeah. issue that I have to deal with. Whether again, whether it's an addictive issue. Whether it's a mental health and wouldn't you issue. agree that that's a lot of reason we have such mental health issues because people don't acknowledge their own issues. They blow Correct. it up and they're taught to as a society, just keep kicking it down the road, just keep pushing it, shoveling it down. So I think it's important to acknowledge that that self-awareness is very important here. It, it is. And, and that self-awareness, I'm going to be honest with you, I think it comes from the heart. I think that as humans, we have a tendency to lead with our minds, right? With the mind. And the mind's a very tricky double-edged sword because the mind is the one that as an addict says you know what just one more hand and i promise we won't gamble again we'll stop tomorrow <laughs> just one more drink and i promise you tomorrow we'll stop drinking Kick it down just exactly it's just you know what just one more just one more i promise you tomorrow we'll stop and it's not really until the heart starts to pe- speak until the heart says you know what? we have to stop this can't go on any longer i we have an issue <laughs> we have a problem that we have to deal with that then the human mind is able to say, okay, wait a minute, maybe the heart is right. Let me sort of at least try something. Let me at least try something different. And it's one day at a time, right? Yeah. Whatever our <clears throat> flaws is, I'm a big believer that um, we can never be as high as we think our highs are, and we can never be as low as we think our lows are. It's that sort but of But that's medium. the present, though. That's thinking in the present, Correct. right? Because exactly. your highest highs, if you're always thinking about your highest highs, you're always looking backwards. Correct. Right? And if you're not acknowledging your lowest lows, there's going to be a moment worse. But that's why you say, how you doing? Eh, not too good, not, not too bad. bad. Yeah. Wait, wait, I'm, I'm, I'm doing. I'm, I'm doing. doing. And that's exactly. a good answer. That's not a bad answer. No. For someone, hey, how you doing? How how you feeling today? Eh, not the best, not the worst. Not I mean, worst. that's not a bad way to be because yeah. you're living in the moment. And I think that's Correct. important. So I do want to ask you because we're talking about, this is a sports station at its core. I've been yeah. like, Talk about Aaron Rodgers. Talk about ayahuasca because that was one that got into the media and people are like, what the hell is this yes. maniac doing? Yes. And his darkness retreat. And, yeah. you know, do you think those kind of people give a good name or a bad name to these kind of things? I think it gives a good name Could because it. it's obviously opening up that door. When you see someone like an Aaron Rodgers, when you see someone that you look up to, or even myself, what I try to portray myself as, you know, here I am, you know, in a jacket, a business owner right. who's a husband, who's a father, who's a son, who's a member of his community. Showing, vul- showing votes, vulnerability. Who like- volunteers. Correct. And yes, I use psychedelics. I use them as a life performance enhancer. So when you have someone like Aaron Rodgers that say, you know what? I'm using this to enhance my life, to sort of better my life as a human, to find out what my flaws are, to find out, you know, where I can be better. That's important. That's important that we see everyday people, that we see people that we look at, whether in media, whether in sports, whether it's, you know, they're out there or everyday people that you can say that's a soccer mom, that's a business owner, that's. You know the 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 owner of my corner store, and they're sure. using this to better their lives. I think that's incredibly positive. So, I'm a big proponent that if if you are using psychedelics, and you're using them in a responsible manner, to let people share your experience, share your yeah. experience, and how then, this has better and transformed you. It's such a good way to put it because one of the big problems in this country, I personally believe, is that you know your success level and your mental health is tied to your income. Mm-hmm. And because Aaron Rodgers has got a sixty million dollar year contract, mm-hmm. one of the things is like, what the hell does this guy have to worry about? Why it's, is he doing yeah. this? Yeah. Uh, and I think there is something you know. You might see it as what is this? What is this guy doing? But ultimately, he's showing vulnerability. Correct. He's saying he's unsure. He's got issues that he needs to overcome, and this is how he goes to them to do them. I think that there's something to be said about that because the default mechanism is 
take a bunch of antidepressants, don't tell anybody about them, keep it inside, which I don't think helps the no, issue at no, all. No. So I think now that you put it in that context, I think there is something brave to show that vulnerability. And if I'm being honest, uh, I'd rather have anything that comes from the ground than something that's made by a pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical company and offset by the government in, in, in any time. So you know, I'm just saying that I'm throwing it out there um, because I think that's important that the, this, this medicine, ayahuasca, LSD, all, these things have been being used for thousands of years from ancient Egypt to now these Correct. are things that are these are not things that are new to this world Correct. peyote you name it these are not things that are new to this world like mother nature has been making these things for a long time the yeah. nerve we have yeah. to be criticizing something that has existed everything else exists for a reason the world Correct. blends for a reason so um I think that's really important so um, on that on that high horse that I just that I'm <laughs> hop off of right now Talk a little bit about yourself. Talk about um, CNN. Talk about leaving. Talk about what got you to this point where this has become such a big passion point for you. That's, that's actually a great question because it, um, psychedelics came into my life at a, at, a, at a transitional part in my life. I'd never had a psychedelic experience until the age of 54, which is about six months ago. Uh, and it came at a time where I, was, I had a 25-year career at CNN. Um, I was a sports producer there. But because of the merger of the takeover discovery, obviously it's a business. You know sure. what I mean? And businesses have to sort of look at the bottom line and sure. have to and look these, at those spreadsheets. Those are very public things that happen at Correct. CNN. Correct. And yes. are happening at CNN. And, and what they shut down. And I mean, this is the Correct. nature of COVID. Money change. It's been consolidated. All that stuff. So you were one of many, I assume. One of many, many people who got laid off who were part of, again, a business decision. It wasn't like, you know, they just, they were looking at spreadsheets and saying, how long has this person been here? How much do they make? How much? How long have they how been here? I could hire somebody for X amount of dollars Correct. to do this right out of college. Exactly. The project it, it, will suffer, but who the hell cares? Who, exactly. Exactly. It, it, it wasn't a personal thing. So it was, it was incredible that at that same time, I have my first psychedelic experience out of a recreational curiosity, like many people try psychedelics for the first yeah. time. I don't know about uh, a 54, but yeah. good, good for you, <laughs> exactly. bud. Usually it's at a fish concert, but good for you, exactly. bud. Exactly. <laughs> and it was, it was, again, it was part, of, uh, was part of the past addiction. It was just a new high. It was a, a new type of high. And very quickly, very quickly, I realized that there was something much more than just a recreational property to this. And as I sort of, the, the first mini dose that I have, which is about a, a gram and a half of psilocybin, and my receptors of life open up, I sort of feel like, okay, this is what my hands feel like. This is what my body feels like. Yeah. This is what it feels like to breathe. I become more enthralled in what was it that happened? What was it that these psychedelics were doing inside my body that were making me feel something that I had never felt before? And that's when I start to sort of um, investigate and do some research as a good journalist as into what is it that's going on and perfect. I start it was realizing the storm. correct you were like oh at the right storm. time you had the experience at the right time but you also had the pedigree and the history of how to look deeper correct. and look past it because let's be honest journalism is dead when oh, you yeah. go on the internet and you google something you are not getting the journalistic view you are getting the advertisers view you are getting exactly. what google deems is enough to make mo them make money off of exactly. so that that approach is dead so one of the problems i think is if people were to take this in google now they're getting fed what google wants to feed them and it's not, this is not making google the bad no, guy no, no. this is how nature is built it is built on fake headlines grabbing a Attention, no context, because I started Correct. reading into some of the peer-reviewed studies, and the yeah. peer-reviewed studies and the um, and the placebo-based studies show real results. They Correct. show real concrete yeah. results. Um, I read a little bit of something I call the expectancy principle that some of these things are people expect they're going to feel happier. Correct, yeah. But you know what? Screw it. If that's if it's something that's going to make you feel happier then, then, and it's mental, that's even better. Even Take better. it. Try it. Exactly. So yeah, exactly. I, I, I am. It's, it's, um, it's unbelievable as you talk through this that the conversation is not happening more. And, and again, look, I think that background at CNN uh, adds a set of legit legitimacy there, but also helps you be able to talk about it in a way exactly. that people understand. Exactly. And it's, it's awesome that you said that how 
um, Googling stuff, you're not sure what you're going to get, right? And, and it's sort of that personal experience, I think, is a lot more important than something you read because you have both sides. And that was one of the reasons why I created the apparel company that I created, Cultivating Wisdom, is so that there's apparel that people can wear and manifest that they're microdosing, and then someone can say, hey, wait a minute, your T-shirt, it says microdosing. Do you microdose? And you say, yeah, I do microdose. Oh, because I've read about that. I've heard about that. Cultivate me with your wisdom. Tell me yeah. what your practice is. Tell me how it's going on. Tell me how you feel so that we can start these honest conversations. Yeah. That is that is the reason why the apparel company began, to, to have those conversations, yeah. to create. And it starts somewhere. It's exactly. Gotta start. It's got to start somewhere. Exactly. To having a proud spokesperson out of it and say, you know, and then you don't want to be preachy. No. But hey, this has been my experience. No, and that's exactly what it is. I don't, I don't pretend to be a teacher in this space. I pretend to be a leader. I pretend to lead by what my example is, and that's what I share with people. What I share with people is what my experience is. When they ask, you're exactly. not shoving it down people's throats. Correct. If someone asks, Correct. hey, here's been my experience. Exactly. And I go back to the same thing. Protocol and dosage is the most important part of a microdosing practice because protocol is there's some people that yeah. they have a job that's very high deadline oriented and they right. prefer a protocol that calls for four days on three days off because they have those you know days in the week where they just really need to be creative productive and and on point so they'll do that protocol other people like myself refer the one day on two days off there's protocols that call for two days on two days off dosage Who wise. gives that protocol? If you don't mind me asking, because I asked, like, protocol makes me think doctor. I don't think there's too many doctors Correct. having these conversations. So who, who you read about it and you choose what's best for you, you're protocoling Ex yourself. Exactly. But I, there I, is a regimen and there is a plan and there is a benefit for each plan laid out there. Correct. And that's, and that's part through education, right? Through education is seeing, you know, what protocols are out there, what, how, what people that sort of have my type of lifestyle, what protocol they're using. And it's a bit, it's a bit of, of self-science, no? It's a bit of, okay, let me sort of this week, let me use this protocol, see how it works, see how Got I it. feel, see what I'm doing. And like I tell people, microdosing is very sub-perceptual. You shouldn't feel anything. Right. If you feel anything at all, if you feel, oh, you know what, I'm feeling a little bit buzzy, I'm feeling a little much. bit dizzy, you took too much. Take a little bit less. I tell people it's, the adage is you, you take your dosage and you go about your day, you go to work, you drive your car, and then all of a sudden you look it around and you go, my life is really good. Yeah. Like, I have a good life. Yeah, I, have I have to imagine it's that effect, like, you, you don't realize you're on, and then all of a sudden you finish the day, you felt so creative, you got all these juices, and yeah. at the end of the day, you're like, holy crap, that was that was an amazing that day. Was, that's, that was, that's the kind of thing, Correct. Right? And that's, yeah. that's why, again, journaling is also an important part of this practice. Journaling in the sense of, and I've helped people, people sometimes think, oh, journaling, I have to sit there and write a whole book. No. But notes. no, no, loose it's notes. just loose notes of, you know, how I journal. In the morning, I have my intentions. What, what are my intentions? You know what? Come and have a great podcast, talk openly about what I'm doing, be more creative. Those are my intentions for today. And then at the end of the day, just write down what my high and the lows of the day were. And that's perfect. That's sort of a, a, a barometer of, okay, you know what? As you're starting the dose, well, you know what? I sort of really felt anxious about that situation. Maybe I can dose a little bit more and see if that could sort of open up that situation where I can deal with that anxiety. Uh, oh, intentions you, is a great word because intentions yeah. makes me think of living in the moment. Goals, exactly. future, right? Correct. What I do, what I did bad, past. Yeah. Intentions is this is this is my day. This is what I want to exactly. do. You're living in the moment. Yeah, you're you're creating that roadmap for yourself of how you want to sort of guide your day. And so intentions, intentions are a huge, huge part. Even you know, I've had two micro macro journeys in my life, yep. um, which again are much deeper, much more reflective situations. But they all had intentions. There was intentions for both of them where they are. I find a lot of people who go into this without intentions, and that's when they find themselves in a dark situation where 
Um, my wife has a wonderful adage that she says, look, a, a, a macrodose is not going to take you to Nightmare on Elm Street. It's not going to take you to Freddy Krueger's house. It's not going to take you to Jason's house. It's going to take you to your own demons. It's going to take you to your own right. situation. It takes that the introspection brain, too far. Exactly. That your brain might be and hiding. Some people, might can, be some people can handle that. And some people, confronting those demons is necessary, but in most cases, that does not end well. Exactly. It, but, but I'm a big believer that with intentions, in other words, if you know and you just release, you just let go, you just let the brain figure it out for yep. yourself, you can you can have a wonderful experience. I myself, my first macrodose, my intentions were to find out what was holding me back in the past, where I might have had a situation where... There was a business that I wanted to start it, but there was something that always, always got in the way. It was always, oh, you know what? I, uh, it'll probably fail, so let me stop there. And one of my intentions was to find out what that was. And it took wow. me, it took me exactly where I needed to go. It took me to some dark places in my childhood growing up wow. with a, a type of disciplinary regimen that if something, if you did something wrong, you were disciplined for it. There was consequences for doing something wrong. And having lived that as a child was what was keeping me from moving forward with a lot of things. That but at the fear. same time, who knows if you would have been the person you are without having that discipline? Because one of the things Correct. in hindsight that I realized is had I been more disciplined as a child, I might have had a different life. Who knows which way? Correct. But so you're not necessarily saying that was a bad thing, but you're no. acknowledging this has led to this to, to this, exactly. which is incredibly powerful. And exactly. it's something that I don't think people do. So let's take the, the microdosing out of this, right? Introspection looking at yourself being honest with yourself is ungodly important totally, right if if totally. this is the tool that allows you to do that then god bless it i mean this yes. is this is a very important tool yeah. and i want to get on my soapbox and then i want to talk a little bit more about the industry as a whole yeah. and what's going on out there so let me get on my soapbox and that is let's just talk about drugs in general okay i have always found being around people i've lived in cities my whole life i've lived in vegas that the most interesting people with the most interesting things to say the drugs of their choice were the hallucinogens, the LSD. Mm -hmm. and, and I know, and I'm saying this, Steve Jobs, if you've yeah. ever read his biography, was a, in work at day, didn't wear shoes, didn't believe in medicine, but would take LSD all the, time. all the time. Correct. Uh, I think that that level of introspection and forcing yourself to confront demons is very different than uh, doing some lines of cocaine and just run around yeah, like a exactly. crazy person. Exactly. So I, I've, never, I've never looked down upon this. I think it is something that if you are thoughtful about it and you're responsible, that it's good. And I do think that the best musicians, I mean, from Jimi Hendrix and yeah. Santana having the LSD in there, that it brings out things in people that it cannot be argued. And yeah. if you're going to sit here and argue this, you should have stopped listening yeah. 20 minutes ago. Yeah. Um, so that's my soapbox, is I believe that we're having a conversation about the right things, right? I think that it's gonna. there's always bad actors that take advantage of totally, scenarios. Totally. Um, but, but these are the kind of things that if you are capable of handling them, that are important for people, right? I tend to lean to be a libertarian as a whole. Yeah. Let everyone do whatever the hell they want. Yeah. If they are smart enough and equipped enough to handle the situ situation, I think this falls into it. Um, so now I'm off my soapbox. <laughs> talk about talk about the industry. Talk about the conversations going on. Uh, you know, you were supposed to, we were supposed to record this a couple of weeks ago. You were in Colombia. Correct. Uh, talk about the global support behind this. Talk about some of the speaking engagements. Are like talk about the people who are involved because um, I think that will give some more context and just how much momentum this is gaining. It, it, it's it's incredibly what's happened in the last four or five years, right? And again, I've only been in this for half a year, but I've seen the progress. I've seen where we're going. I see uh, organizations like MAPS now having MDMA in stage three trials. So it's, you know. And real just, quick, this was trials that they stopped. 
Correct. That now we're starting. In the 60s and Correct. 70s, this was Correct. MDMA started as a drug for psychiatrists to prescribe, Correct. and it was PTSD, if I remember. But these are all things that were started, stopped because of the war on yes. drugs, and restarted. It's not like this is coming out of nowhere. No. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, you're absolutely correct. So now we have MAPS you know, on the verge of offering an MDMA medicine to treat depression, to treat anxiety. So it's getting there. Now, the, the situation is that we're on this seesaw of psychedelics. We're on one side. We have big companies bringing in big money, creating synthetic psilocybin, creating more of a clinical space, creating... Uh, more of a dollar sign right. way of psychedelics, but right. these people are but opening saying up. it under the guise of safety. Correct, saying I mean, if we can control everything, that it's more safe. But truly, it just plugs it into the economic machine, and more people get money off of exact, it. Exactly, exactly. Let's call it so what it is. It, 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 that's exactly what it is. And then on the other side of the seesaw, we have obviously the holistic people saying, "Wait a minute." The earth is giving us these right. plant medicines. Why do I have to go to a doctor? Right. You know what I mean? Or why am I have to go to a clinic? And to my spend guess is you're saying the seesaw, because once it balances exactly. out to the middle and gets to that middle and people can pick their avenue, that's when you'll get mainstream adoption. I think that's, that, exactly, okay. that's exactly what it is. So I, I tell people the, the, the more we can sort of sit in that middle of that seesaw, right? You mean like and everything like in what, life? If we weren't exactly. nut jobs on one side or the other side and we all maybe met well, in the middle, everything would be easier. Everything so would you're be saying easier. there's no chance it's going to happen there because is, if we're in this day and age right now, it's never going to happen. But I think. The consciousness is open, right? The, yeah. the, the, most of the people in this space, obviously, like you said, you're going to have bad actors. You're going to have bad players. To the it's happening in in Delta it, Eight and it, the it, endocannabinoid system, and you see it everything. now. How many people are flinging in, out? You know, they took advantage of the salt. It's not hemp. They're just giving out real weed, and root. people who should never be taking it are taking it, and having yeah. horrible experiences. Yeah. So yeah, and 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 again, we were just at a conference called Canadelic in Miami, which was an amazing, amazing uh, event. How many people? Uh, they had about ten thousand people. Wow. Uh, total in three days. Um, I think it was close to 600 vendors. Well, um, and what was the average person? Obviously, average is a horrible word. And, and well, excuse me for saying no, it because no, no. it's all ages and all ages. Yes, correct. But talk about who were the people there? Who was, it, who was there? It was, it, it's funny you ask that because I, I've been having this discussion with a lot of people that you married two really separate entities. You have the cannabis space, which, like you said, has been opened up to everything possible. And then you have the psychedelic space, which is just starting to open. And to me, and this is, again, just my opinion— it was like 75% of the people in the cannabis space, right, that were there, whether vendors, yeah. you know, selling product or people talking or the people that were attending were there more for the recreational part. Right. And 25% were there for the healing part because cannabis is a wonderful plant medicine when used with intentions right. for people who are dealing with cancer, for people right. who are dealing with other types of anxieties. It's it's a really, really good medicine. But again, it's a very dangerous recreational medicine that can sort of take you you know, to situations where people are smoking all day long. Any medicine is dangerous. Correct. Right? Let's not say cannabis by Cor itself. Correct. I mean, no, we, exactly. the, the opioid Any epidemic we're in was good intention, but it's the same but thing. It's the same anything thing. you put in your body, you have an affinity to addiction. I mean, correct. anything, food, soda, you're I mean, shit, correct. diet soda is killing more people than, than, than yeah. weed ever has in ever. Diabetes, I hate to say that's it. True. I mean, that I know. But so, so that's anything. But so, you know, you talk about that, and it's funny because my, I always thought that when weed was legalized, most people just stop doing it because it's like, eh. Because it was counterculture. Yeah, now it it's counter become part of the culture. So yeah. I actually have read studies that say younger generations have actually cut back on it. Become it's become so mainstream that they've cut back on it. Yeah, they've yeah. even cut back on drinking because of it. Like because so, I, I you know I get that part. So talk about the twenty five percent of people who were there for the healing. Uh, was this business based? Was this they just needed help? Are they sharing their own success stories? Yeah, talk about those they're, people. They're, yeah, they were business based people looking to use cannabis as a healing property, whether through medicine whether through therapy there's a lot of therapy going on with cannabis 
but what I was saying was that sort of the the, the psychedelic space, I found that 75% of the space that was there healing. were more for the healing. They were more for the introspect. They were more for let's use these medicines to really help combat this mental health and emotional unbalance that we have in this country. right? And yes, and it was 25% there that were trying to sort of find product to go trip out in the woods. And, yeah, but you can yeah. find that anywhere. Right? Exactly. You, you don't need to come to Miami to, find, you don't need to come to Miami to find that. Correct. Like, you know, you, maybe you want to be around like-minded people. Maybe you have a desire to be part of a group. I mean, that's nothing yeah. wrong as human beings. We are we are people that want to be in pairs and groups. It's just this, the it's, nature of it. So there's nothing wrong with that. No, no, no. Just acknowledging it. Yeah, Correct. I get it. Yeah, it, it sort of, it was just, it was interesting to see that space where, where I, I was came across someone who owned a cannabis company, and they said, look, all I want is people to get high. I don't care about anything else. That's all I want. That's all I care about. You know what I mean? The fact that there's people using psilocybin, mushrooms, to sort of get off of cannabis, I'm not a big fan, so I have no time. So it was sort of this split yeah, between, sure. again, we sort of have, again, capitalism, right? right? It's capitalism. If that's how you make your money, that's right. how you want to make your money, right? That's right. sort of, that's how it's going to be. And anything that's going to deter from that, then it's not. I, I was shocked. The that, enemy. I was shocked that the alcohol lobby didn't have picketers out there going against it, <laughs> pretending like they care about it because they don't right. want you to stop, get on that stuff. So exactly. you get off the so booze. You, exactly. So you get off the booze. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Uh, it's, a, it's an unbelievable thing, man. And I, I, I very much enjoyed this conversation. I think this is great. I think it, it's opened some eyes. And, and look, hopefully, you know, understand that we're having this conversation because it needs to be had and because this is a free country and, and people should have the opportunity to do these things and talk about things. And if you want to do it, do it. If you don't want to hear about it, then you don't have to hear about it. And yeah. I think that's what's great about this country. So before we go, give some advice to somebody who wants to get, who's saying, you know what? I need that creative juice. I need that spark. Mm-hmm. I want to get involved in microdosing. Give them advice of where to go, where to look. Talk about cultivating wisdom. Talk about how to start on the journey because I think how you start is is most important. Correct. That's, how, that's, that's incredibly important. Um, I myself are partnering up with uh, Microdose Headquarters to do some workshops, to do some local workshops. Um, we're going to have a Microdose X chapter here in Atlanta. Um, so that's look for those situations. Uh, look for your local psychedelic association. There's many cities that have psychedelic associations. Do we have one here in Atlanta? There is one here in Atlanta. Cool. There's one here in Atlanta. Incredibly wonderful, wonderful, wonderful people. Um, wonderful. They meet once a week, and it's just this open space. Look, we're we're in Georgia. Georgia is a very divided state, yes. right? We can there's have Atlanta and there's Georgia. Correct, exactly. So we're, we're we're in situations where elections here are won by points, right? It's not even. Yeah. So the fact that you have environments where you know you have people who are Republican, Democrat, who are pro-life, pro-choice, who are pro-gun, anti-gun, and they can come together and be humans and show this love for each other because they're humans is a wonderful thing. Um, to me, the most important thing is educate yourself. Educate yourself. Find out what psychedelics are, what they do, how they work, how microdosing works, why it works. You have to educate yourself. And then find like-minded people. Find There's an incredible, wonderful subreddit group called Microdosing. It's got close to a quarter of a million people. There's wonderful feedback from there that you can ask. So it's 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 now the fact that we have this worldwide web that we can sort of go and ask questions is really important because the more we're educated the more we know what the potential of the medicine is and again we sort of realize what it is that we're looking for what it is that we're trying to find in plant medicine cultivating wisdom like i said has become a lifestyle and apparel company for people to manifest the Got fact it. that they're doing it to manifest the fact that this is going on uh, I myself are uh, booking more public speaking engagements to talk about my experience and how it's helped me and how people could sort of educate themselves to find betterment um, 
And it's that. The other thing I tell people, because we actually had a podcast about this, my wife and I, the other day, of how do you tell someone, how do you tell your loved one that you're microdosing? And, sure. it's, and it's important to do that. In other words, if you're going to do this, um, that you have someone that knows what you're doing, right? That you sort of, you're sharing this. It's not like you're hiding it, that you're doing something sure. bad, that you're doing something, you know, that you're not supposed to. No, you're you're healing yourself. Maybe so don't tell this. your boss right away. Or maybe, maybe don't, don't tell, tell someone in the office Correct. right away. <laughs> right away. Again, Correct. I don't think the stigma should no. be there, but I'm just saying, maybe, maybe but you need someone exactly. who you trust and who's not going to judge and Correct. who's not going to... Correct. Whether it's your partner, whether it's your, you know, your one of your parents, whether it's, yeah. and again, if you have open, honest discussions of what's going on, I think we can um, find ourselves in a really good situation. So it's education, 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 find like-minded people, um, and don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to dive in the abyss because you might land on a bed of feathers. It's, 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 and if not, you're doing so little that you just don't like it. You don't it, do it ever again. Exactly. It, we're not, this, is not, this is not a life-altering experience. Correct. This is supposed to be a gradual, slow, figure-yourself-out thing. Correct. And that's ungodly important, right? That's, a, that's exactly what it is. Because I don't want to send anybody into a hole there no, where they're in a, no, they're no, in a no, bad no, trip no, and the world no. ends. And that's the point. No. Is if you did, you're not listening if you've done that. This is not what this is exists no. for. This is not Correct. And again... Like like everything, it's it's we're not advocating or promoting that anyone does anything illegal, right? You have to do your own homework. Yeah. You have to find out what works, what doesn't work. Find out what containers are, what safe containers you have the ability to be in, so that you're in the right space and the right yeah, state of mind. It. It's all about set and setting. It's all and 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 the setting is your mind setting. How you your mindset of how it is of what you're going into this. If you're going into it, like I said, with intentions, responsibly, knowing that you're looking for some more balance mentally, then, and then you could have a wonderful journey. Yeah, I love it. I think that's a great place to end it. Well, Cesar, I appreciate it, my man. This has been the Marketing Mad Men, and thank you for listening. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. Hey everybody, Buck Blue here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President, Stacey Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacey's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com.